E-pharmacies across the country are currently breathing a sigh of relief. This is after their discussion with officials from the health ministry in Goa last week. In the meeting, representatives of the ministry are said to have given them signs that a complete ban on the online sale of medicines is unlikely. E-pharmacies in India have been fighting a long drawn-out battle with offline pharmacies and government regulations. It's been almost a decade now. There have been protests, dharnas, strikes, chemists have called for nationwide shutdowns of medical stores, statues and effigies have been burnt, even death threats have been sent over the matter. But why? You see, just like most things that were born out of the internet, e-pharmacies too came into the picture much before there were laws put in place to regulate them. Most of them came up around 2014 to 2015 and they slowly began to grow. until the day the hundreds of thousands of small and big offline pharmacies that they were hoping to disrupt finally saw them as their enemy now this was a time when sector after sector was collapsing under the onslaught of e-commerce and offline pharmacies did not want to be one of them so they lobbied hard against e-pharmacies and used threats of shutdowns they were no more to share the multi-billion dollar pharma market with anybody else not long after with the help of outdated laws drafted as long as the 1940s drug regulators in multiple states across the country began coming after e-pharmacies by 2016 funding into the sector began to dry up this was despite many of these online pharmacy startups successfully challenging state drug regulators in the courts a year later though the health ministry finally uploaded a public notice acknowledging e-pharmacies it was a small win but a win nonetheless and there were martyrs too like ziggy the online pharmacy started by former infosys senior executive and igate ceo fanish murthy the draft e-pharmacy rules were finalized after taking public comments into consideration they were very close to being notified but suddenly out of the blue after being referred to the central high command they were shelved the matter was said to be sensitive it's important to note here that offline chemists have a strong lobby and they are massive in terms of numbers so e pharmacies again were left in limbo fearing the worst and then in february this year the central drug standard control organization sent show cause notices to 20 e pharmacies these included tata 1 mg Amazon, Flipkart, Reliance Retail owned NetMeds, Medibuddy, Practo and Apollo. It was about an alleged violation of rules. After this, companies through industry associations had reached out to the health ministry to explain their viewpoint. So you see, the battle is not over yet for e-pharmacies in India. Welcome to Daybreak, a business podcast from the Ken. I'm your host Nikta Sharma. and i don't chase the news cycle instead thrice a week on mondays wednesdays and fridays i will come to you with one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time today is monday the 24th of april
begin with, let us try to understand why e-pharmacies constantly come under the scanner. It all has to do with the lack of adequate regulations. The main laws that they have to comply with are the Drugs and Cosmetics Act of 1940 and the Drugs and Cosmetic Rules of 1945. Now, obviously, these rules were made for actual brick-and-mortar medical stores. And this is what creates a lot of confusion. For example, offline pharmacies have to get their licenses from the state that they operate in. But in the case of online pharmacies, this is not the case. So do they go to each and every state government then in order to get a license? Then there is the issue of prescriptions. For example, the law required stamping prescriptions to avoid someone using the same prescription to buy drugs from multiple pharmacies. Similarly, it wasn't possible to ensure that drugs were handed over to an adult. Next comes the problem of data harvesting. E-pharmacies have been accused of collecting the personal data of their consumers. The risks with e-pharmacies were too many. So regulators in most states decided to crack the whip. All the government wanted to do was level the playing field. But when it advised traditional chemists to digitize their supply chain in a public notice on the offline and online sale of drugs, traditional chemists made a huge hue and cry about it. The health ministry's regulations that came in 2018 sought to legitimize e-pharmacies. But like I told you earlier, it was shelved and ever since, everything is moving at snail's pace. Coming up next, we look at how e-pharmacies have been dealing with this. But before that, my colleague Akshaya, the newest addition to the Kens Podcast team, has a message for you. Hi, I'm Akshaya from the Kens Podcast team. I'm here to tell you about Costa Company, another podcast from our audio offering. On Costa Company, we ask deep questions about modern Indian workplaces and get answers through solid reporting. In tomorrow's weekly episode, my first as a host, I hope to put the CA versus MBA debate to rest. Many of the top finance roles are now being taken over by MBAs. I speak to some of the biggest and the brightest CFOs of our times, especially the ones who have done both a CA and an MBA, to get an on-ground perspective on what's happening. Tune in to find out more. You can catch episodes of CTC on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast every Tuesday. Before we get into how e-pharmacies have been handling the intense opposition against them, let us get one thing out of the way. E-pharmacies are convenient. Say, for example, I was home alone with high fever. I wouldn't want to go to a medical store to buy medicines. The convenience that e-pharmacies bring for us was only highlighted during the pandemic. But to take on an entire sector that is offline pharmacies and also deal with the government while at it, e-pharmacies could not afford to stay fragmented. So they all got together and formed an organization called the Indian Internet Pharmacy Association or IIPA in 2015. The IIPA committed itself to explaining its business model to policymakers. Its model involved the collection of prescriptions, which were then forwarded to licensed drug stores run by registered chemists. These would then deliver the medicines. So e-pharmacies argued that the only difference between them and a traditional chemist was that they collected the prescription online and delivered the medicines to doorsteps. 
And since the record of sales are super important when it comes to the sale of medicines, they also drew attention to the fact that e-pharmacies actually had an edge over traditional pharmacies when it came to maintaining this data. So basically, they went straight for the Achilles heel, which is the lack of computerized records and digital operations. The IIPA successfully turned their business model into a compliance weapon against offline pharmacies. And as for the concern about the sale of fake medicines, here is what Prashant Tandon, the CEO of 1MG, told Ruhi Kandhari, who writes for the Ken, in 2017. And I'm quoting, Just like there are pharmacies that do not ask for prescriptions and sell fake products, the same thing could happen in the online space. It was not about an online versus offline pharmacy. The debate needed to shift from a compliant pharmacy to a non-compliant pharmacy. We wanted the government to actively monitor and crack down on those who are not compliant. End quote. But despite putting up a good fight, e-pharmacies are still not entirely out of the doghouse. So what is next? Stay tuned to find out. Pharmacies have been using a combination of techniques to get customers. For example, Medlife, a leading online pharmacy, acquired customers through digital marketing, mass advertising and heavy discounts. 1MG, meanwhile, used digital content. It almost turned itself into a sort of a Wikipedia of medicines. It offered a database of all the brands that sell a particular drug and at what price. While this did work to a certain extent, most e-pharmacies have been following Medlife's style of acquiring customers over 1MG's more sustainable approach. But huge discounts and mass advertising are only pushing e-pharmacies away from becoming profitable. So e-pharmacies are also betting on services like e-diagnostics and e-consultations to help drive up revenues. Meanwhile, there is no doubt how convenient e-pharmacies are for us. Nearly 8.8 million households used home delivery services during the COVID-induced lockdown. So while banning them seems unlikely, appropriate laws to regulate e-pharmacies as soon as possible is the need of the hour. Daybreak is produced from the newsroom of the Ken, India's first subscriber-focused business news platform. What you're listening to is just a small sample of our subscriber-only offerings. A full subscription unlocks daily long-form feature stories, newsletters, subscriber-only apps, and podcast extras. Head to theken.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top of the website. I am Snigdha Sharma, your host, and today's episode was edited by my colleague Rajiv Sien. 